Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. from Nashville, yeah. Nissan Stadium, with uh, our esteemed guest, pro bowler, more, more specifically, all pro. Let's, <laughs> let's get go. that right. Yeah. All pro from the Middle Tennessee State, you know what I'm saying? Kevin Byard, man, welcome. Appreciate for having me, man. Man, thank you for stopping in and tapping in with us. You know, we're excited about, you know, this conversation and, and um, just diving in, man. Yeah, man, it's dope, man, this whole, thing y'all got going on the concept. I played in the stadium a lot of times, but I ain't never been up here in a suite seeing it from this perspective. So now nah, this is dope. For real? Never. My wife has a suite, but okay. I think it's on the other side, but I haven't even been up there yet. But your wife got a suite. Yeah, my wife got a suite. <laughs> but you know, with COVID and everything, like oh, not, it. it really wasn't letting us go up in the suites after the games and stuff like got that. It. So yeah, man, like I said, it's my first time being in a suite like this. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, they got, how far is, uh, how far is Middle Tennessee State from here, where we are now? I mean, depending on how you drive. I mean, it could be a 30-minute drive. It could be 40 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Uh, but like I said, man, blessed, man. Blessed to be able to play college and obviously get drafted 40 minutes down the street. I used to joke about when I first got drafted. Like, I could have kept my same college apartment, 
Five hundred dollars rent. Cheap. <laughs> we gonna get on that. But that but that have been a little too far of a drive every day to go to work. But uh, nah, man, it's definitely been a blessing, man, to be able to you know kind of stay in, in like my central base as far as fan base and okay. all the fan stuff like that. So I mean, they've been supporting me throughout this whole journey. So it's, it's definitely awesome. So originally born and raised in Philly. Absolutely, West Philly. Okay, mm -hmm. tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, man. So. Man, my upbringing was cool, man. I mean, I would say also I'm blessed, man. I still have my mother and my father. Uh, still living both. Yeah, definitely, definitely both still living. Um, okay. Obviously, growing up in Philly, it was an awesome experience, man, because it's so different because, I mean, you're talking about the north and the south, even just how people talk, dress, and just how the environment is. I mean, it's one of those things where as soon as you go outside your door, you're on the street. You know what I'm saying? It's like sidewalks, everything. Used to go to school. As soon as I got home, take my uniform off, drop them off, go straight to the park. You know, most of the time we hang out at the basketball court up okay. north in Philly. But what's crazy is that, you know, as I got a little bit older, obviously my family was all Philly fans, okay. Philadelphia Eagles fans. Okay. And they kind of, they hated it. I, I liked the Steelers. I was a Steelers fan growing up, which is okay. kind of okay. going against the grain a Sacrilegious. little bit. Sacrilegious. Yeah, definitely going against the grain <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, we found our way to the football field. So, you know, we used to go out there, just a bunch of our friends. Playing throw them up, bust them up. Y'all know that game. Just yeah, yeah. Rack them up. We call it rack them up. Yeah, just throw the throw football up. up. Smash. Whoever got the ball, just, just take off, run into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. But uh, man, yeah, man, I had a great childhood, family, cousins. Uh, yeah, man, it was good, man. Like I said, both of my parents still alive, and so after, uh, so I played my ninth grade year football up there. Okay. And then my parents ended up splitting. Okay. And so I ended up moving down to Atlanta. Okay. Uh, my mom. I got six siblings, so it was seven of us all together. Okay. All by my father. Okay. Uh, moved down to Atlanta and uh, you know, went to high school ball down there, man, and the rest is history. Yeah. Where'd you go where would you go to high school in Atlanta? So I let me rephrase this because a lot of people, especially with this conversation going on now, what's Atlanta, what's not Atlanta? This is Lithonia, <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Familiar. East side of the city, you know what I'm okay. saying? Probably about twenty minutes outside of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, but MFK High School. Okay. Um, went down there, did my thing down there, started out playing quarterback. That was actually my first love. I was a quarterback. Okay. Um, played quarterback my first two or three years. And then by my junior year, I was running track at the time. Okay. So my coach was like, man, you're getting pretty fast. Like, I think you might look good back there on them hashes. And so at the time, like, you know, I'm just a team guy. Like, man, whatever we got to do, because I'm trying to win state. That's the biggest okay. thing. I'm trying to win state championship. Okay. My head coach ended up taking another job at another school, uh, north side of Atlanta. So we had a whole new coaching staff come in. And new coach staff came. He kind of brought his own quarterback, which was cool. He was a really Super good quarterback, but I ended up moving to receiver. I started playing receiver on offense and on defense. I was playing everywhere. It just depends on the matchup of the week. Like if they had a really good receiver, I was playing corner. If they had, you know, a good running back, I was playing line. I was playing Sam linebacker. I was playing safety. So it was like I was what you call Iron Man football. I was playing both sides the whole game. So I was always in shape, condition, and stuff like that. When, when did um? You know, throughout your playing football, what year, what grade were you in when you're like, you know what, this is, this is really, really what I want to do. This is. It's crazy, man, because even just like being young watching football with my uncles and my dad and everything, like, it's just something that we just like to do. It's just a hobby. We love watching football. Me and my oldest brother, we, all, we played football together. We just love playing ball. We love going outside, thinking we was Mike Vick and all this other stuff. But it wasn't just like, you didn't necessarily think that it was going to be a reality. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until I got to high school, and I would probably say, and I wouldn't even say the NFL was even a, still a possibility at the time. It was more like, we just wanted to go D1. I wanted to play in the SEC. That was like my biggest thing. Like, I want to go D1. It was like, obviously, the NFL was a dream, but it was just so far ahead 
of the circumstances that I was living in at the time, it was like, man, I just want to go D1. I just want to kind of go get a scholarship, get my school paid for and stuff like that. So that was the, that was the dream. That was the grind. And uh, by my 11th grade year, I started to get some traction on some schools and things like that. But like I said, once my high school coach ended up going to another school, he kind of took my recruiting with him. Mm. So my senior year, I started all over. Like, I had no recruiting until my senior year actually started. So like, I ended my senior year with maybe six offers. Uh, had a couple schools. Like, I had MTSU, obviously, like Southern Miss and those schools like that. But I had a big offer come in, was Kentucky, at University of Kentucky. So like, I'm like, man, the SEC offer, this is big. But you know, being a young guy at the time, kind of doing my thing, I'm like, man, you know, if one school would offer, you know, I'm wait, another one gonna come, another one gonna come. And so I had another guy that went to my school, he played receiver, and he was really good. He was like, he ended up being all-state receiver. This guy scored 27 receiving touchdowns. And so I wanna say Thanksgiving come, come around. He called me, called me like, oh, listen, bro, I'm talking to my dad. I think I'm gonna commit. I said, all right, bet, shoot, I'm gonna commit right after you then. So I'm, we going to the same school, that's my, that's my boy. So I called the coach the next day, didn't pick up, left a voicemail on. And, and this coach is T. Martin. Like, he's like a legend at, at UT, Yo, T. T. Martin. Martin. Super yeah. cool, good dude. So Led he called him in the national title. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. the national championship. So I called him back. Uh, well, he called me back the next day and was like, hey, man, I got your voicemail, boom, boom, boom. And he kind of just started explaining to me that, you know, the recruiting list is full at this point. Like, wow. But they said they got a guy that's in Alabama that's committed but his grades that might not check out well. So he, he still want to recruit me, but he's letting me know, like, there's really no offer there right now. Mm. So, so wait, this was to play for the Vols? No, this is to play for Kentucky. Wow. Oh, T. Martin's coaching, he's uh, coaching Kentucky. receivers at oh, Kentucky. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So, I, you know, I'm, so at this time, it's like, now it's stressful because I got these other schools, but like, at my high school, the top dogs go SEC. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of the deal. It's like, you, you know, everybody's saying, where you going to school? You going, you going to Kentucky? You know, yeah. I'm kind of just giving people, yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see what's up. But um, long story short, I still get recruited by those guys this whole time. But MT was always there. Mm. And Coach Stock actually came into my high school, which I still respect him a lot to this day. Walked in our gym, came in to come see me. And he told me straight up, he said, listen, if Kentucky comes through with this offer, then you should go to Kentucky. I wouldn't even tell you to come to MT over Kentucky. It's going to be a better situation, whatever, whatever. Kentucky doesn't work out, you should come to MT and play safety for me. So I'm like, okay, cool. Because I had a couple offers at receiver. Kentucky wanted me to play receiver, which is crazy. Okay. Um, so I had a couple other teams, but my head coach called me more than a sign day. was like, listen, Kentucky's going with the other guy. So at that point, I was like, well, I guess it's going to be MT. And luckily, MT had just sent the hat to my school. And so I had, I had a hat on deck, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, it was a whole crazy recruiting process, man. But it's a part of my story, you know what I'm saying? I always felt like throughout my entire career in college, uh, into the pros, I've always been like underrated, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say disrespected, but kind of just under the radar, people not really knowing who I am and what I can do and those type of things. So it's, you know, it's just another notch on my belt as far as just a part of my story. I think, you know, that's why we, that's why we do the show, right? It is because of life is going to throw you everything, right? Absolutely. And it's not going to always, it's not convenient. It's not at your convenience. You know what I mean? The ups and downs are not at your convenience. Right. Um, all on, you know, right. the, the higher powers timing, exactly. right? So with that being said, as opposed to you allowing these, what could have been anxiety and just caused you to make some knee-jerk reaction right, right. 
the fact that you were able to settle and just be like, you know what, it's gonna all play out like it needs to, and it did, and you ended up at Middle, T- Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where do you get, where do you think you got, cause that, again, that, that, or that resolve early on, that resolve and that conviction, that, that's believing in yourself beyond, Absolutely. forget everything outside of you, that's a belief in yourself. Where do you think that came from? Who, who helped in, in the household or maybe some coaches or whoever, who helped you develop that? Yeah, man, I, I, don't get me wrong, I had some great coaches uh, in high school. I had some great coaches that helped me kind of instill some discipline into me, mm-hmm. just as far as my work ethic and things like that. But my mom, man, it's like, I come from humble beginnings, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, especially moving to Atlanta, um, watched my mom work pretty much every day as a waitress and taking care of seven kids me and my oldest brother, we used to have to go, like, literally come home from football practice around 5 or 6 o'clock, get home, get the house ready, because the kids, they already out of school. They done destroyed the house. Okay. So we got to hurry up and get the house ready and get the house together, because if mom comes home from work around 9 and the house dirty, she getting on us. So it was like, you know, so that type of humble beginnings, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I was, good, I was looking at anything, like I was just entitled with anything. Honestly, I was just happy that I was going to school and get my school paid for I was gonna have an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, we all just wanted an opportunity to go take advantage of that. And yeah, yeah I wanted to go SEC, don't get me wrong. And was I a little embarrassed a little bit telling my friends, yeah, I'm going to Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, MTSU, what's that? Yeah. Where's that at? Probably start kicking. You know, everybody's just like, you know, this D1, everybody think it's D1 AA. It's not even D1 football, you know what I'm saying, at the time. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, I didn't really let it like shake my confidence or anything like that because at the time, the NFL was a dream. But just going to have an opportunity to play college football was, was, was the main focus that I had, you know what I'm saying? So just had the opportunity to go play ball somewhere at the next level was, was a big blessing for me. And obviously my family was proud and everything like that. So, yeah, just, just taking everything humble and just, you know, knowing I had another opportunity. That's, that's all I really can ask for, you know. Out of all the siblings, where are you in the middle? You second oldest? Yeah, I'm the second oldest. Okay. So my mom had four boys first and then wow. three girls right after. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> and then, um, you know, with, with both of your, your parents and then you said they separated. How was that, like, once that happened? Like, because that's, that's, that's huge on anybody, you right. know, especially that many kids with that many different personalities, mm-hmm. new city. You know, again, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you as a father now, has so much like you so much preparation because Absolutely. of what you went through like how was that like growing up did it did it have a strain on like your siblings would you know because I know it affects everybody different like even Correct. myself you know um you know there's certain things like with my biological father not being around that necessarily didn't affect me as much as it did affect one of my sisters right you know what I mean because that, that is a different kind of bond but mm-hmm. you know it, was there did you see that you know was there a lot of that in the family yeah I mean I mean and I will make this clear like even though my dad was in the household my dad was always there yeah. you know what I'm saying like he was always a phone call away yeah. you know what I'm saying obviously Atlanta is far, but I was, you know, if I wanted to pick up the phone to call my dad, I can call my dad and talk to him about different or you things. Want to pull up. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? But it was definitely a, an adjustment for sure. I mean, like you said, seven kids, and obviously I'm still a teenager. I want to go hang out, yeah. do different things like that, but you know, I had different responsibilities than all my other friends. Yeah. So I, I definitely for sure think that that helped with my maturity and handling a lot of different situations that I faced in my life. Um, yeah, it was a big strain on everybody, but I mean, like I said, I think that me and my oldest brother, who kind of took on a little bit of that role with my father not being there per se to help out, you know, around the house and things like that. Um, but you know, it's funny, man. As I'm, 
gotten older, and like you said, I got kids now. Um, I have a way different, way more appreciation for the stuff that my mom went through and, you know, how she, because things could always go either way, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom held it down and worked crazy hours, like, worked as a waitress. Most of her money she was made was off tips and still was able to provide for us and give us, you know, a, a good life, you know what I'm saying? And as I'm older now, because when you're young, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm in high school, you know, we're kind of going back and forth about things. Like, I want to do this, but she want me to come home and mop the floor, you know, stuff like that. So, like, you know, being young, I'm thinking, like, man, I just can't wait to get out of the house. So I go to college and be on my own. And I get on my own. And then I ain't really got no money. I got to call my, hey, mom, you send me a few dollars? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you just get it. I got a way different appreciation now that I'm older yeah. about, you know, the type of person my mom is and how she just held it down. You know what I'm saying? And even my father, like, I understand that relationships don't always work sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, as you get older, and I, I, I be telling my, my younger siblings and my younger sisters about different things that they may be dealing with. Yep. Like, listen, man, like, just always approach every situation because, you know, I was in your same shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, as you get older, you'll start to understand things more and more. So, I mean... Yeah, man, but like I said, it was definitely a strain, but I mean, it definitely, you know, turned me into the man who I am now, a little bit more mature at my age. Yeah, no, that's dope. You, you definitely sound, you know, very wise for, for your age. And I think it's important also, too, because we all have those things where we can find those moments to be resentful, whether yeah. it's situations or against people or in those kind of things. And, you know, I think, you know, hearing more of that is just like you've had this uncanny ability to just like you know stay focused but forge ahead because you know Absolutely. that there's more because like you said as a kid and you know my mom was the same way like work night and day we would see her on Sundays yeah. and you know we were I wanted to play basketball we were doing music and all those <laughs> things and you don't understand the level of sacrifice and like you said you want to run the streets and all that but right. you know as a father now like you say you take those things and you remember like it, it, it definitely helps, you know, it's, it's never, you'll never get it all figured out, but, you know, it, it's just amazing to hear that story. And I think, you know, like we were talking earlier, it's, it's important for people to hear this and not just see the finish line because oh, your finish line from the outsider is you all pro, one of the best in the league doing it, but they don't, you know, the adversity that went and the focus, right. the focus is one is a huge thing. Um, you know, so uh, if you can, you know, you, you now you've, you're at Middle Tennessee. When does it start becoming a reality? Like, yo, I, you know, I'm in this new position. I actually, the, the league might not be that far for me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And honestly, just like you were saying, even going back to high school, like just staying focused and like obviously understanding what my goals were. But it was times where just in high school where, you know, we in gym class and you know, everybody want to hoop. Everybody, you know, guys got their basketball shorts underneath their jeans. They just throw the jeans off and go hoop. Yeah. I used to be in a little corner by the weight room, like with the little ladders and just doing ladder drills and stuff. And like, I was just visualizing me going D1, playing D1 football. Like, and like you said, that's something that a lot of times isn't really talked about. Just like the amount of work that it took, not just like practicing with the coaches, just like stuff on my own. And so even when I got to college, um, my first couple of years, so my, even my, my first year I redshirted. I mean, we was like two and ten. I mean, team was garbage that year. Uh, it was so funny. Me and my uh, my old college uh, roommate was joking, laugh like we used to walk around with regular book bags on because it was kind of like yeah, but he went, Are you, what you do? You playing a football team? Oh y'all suck. You know what I'm saying? It was funny. We used to joke about it, but nah, man. I mean, honestly, it probably wasn't up until 
after my second year, which was my red shirt freshman year, uh, I bought, I had four picks, two pick sixes, um, ended up making a football writers freshman All-American team. And so I'm like, man, this is just my first year playing. Like, it really wasn't that hard, you know what I'm saying, to put up these numbers. And obviously, I'm looking at the other guys that's on the list of me. You know, everybody else is from, like, the Alabamas, these big-time schools. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm measuring up with these guys. And I was always kind of measuring myself with those big-time guys, especially when I was working out, training. I'm doing my sprints. I'm thinking about what the guys from, from Florida State doing, what the guys at LSU doing, like, how they working. That's kind of how just my mind because I understood that being at a – I wouldn't call it a lower level school, but being at a smaller school, you know, a lot of times I had to put myself as if I'm somewhere else yeah. to try to, you know, battle with myself or whatever. So then the draft comes around. And I think this year, uh, I think the first round draft is might've been like Ha Ha Clint Dix, Mark Barron, just some other guys. It might've been Kenny Vaccaro too, yeah. who actually played with my dog. And, you know, obviously like I'm looking at numbers and I'm saying like, oh, he got drafted, he put, he put up these numbers. This guy got drafted the first round. Then I'm looking at the second and third round guys. I'm like, man, if I put up these numbers for four years straight, I'm going to the league. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, and it might've been just one time I was just sitting on the couch, just like watching this stuff. I'm like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm continuing on this same path I'm on, I'm going to the league. Oh. And I think at that point it was just like, I just wasn't going back home like that no more. Especially after like my second year in college, I'm staying up here during May to take an extra class, but to, to train to work out and it would just like I would just remain focused and it's pretty much just kept my head down you know what I'm saying like I really wasn't yeah no entitlement no nothing that just like I just want to have an opportunity to just keep balling doing what I'm doing and you know it's at a point where it's like what am I going home to you know what I'm saying like I don't want to just yeah. keep going home mom home's, already got homes Atlanta in Atlanta okay, okay I'm okay, saying okay. home Atlanta yeah okay. my mom already got enough stuff going on just gonna come home sleep on the, you know what I'm saying it's like felt like I, you were further burdening yeah, exactly her a little bit. not necessarily but it was like I want to go be able to change my family's life. You know so what I'm saying? I, I want to go, to I need to do what I need to do. I need to lock in for a couple more years and like, you know what I'm saying? And just, cause if I lock in for these few more years, then go do what you need. Exactly. Whatever. I can go buy my mom a house. I can do whatever I can do. So uh, yeah, man, that was kind of the mentality, man. But like you said, man, after my freshman year of college, making a football writers, yeah. all American team, which I didn't even like, it wasn't in my thought process like that. I was going to be all American or something like that. It was just, just grinding and, and grinding and just grinding and grinding. Then I start seeing the fruits and it's like, oh man, like, you know how they say when the trees start growing, you start seeing a little bit of flowers. It's like, oh, I'm a gardener. I, I, I can do this. Yeah. But I was like, man, I got to stay down just a little bit more, man. And you know, yeah. I am, I'm here now. I think that's important, an important tool also too, um, not having that fear that you're missing out. Right. You know what I mean? Like you said, going back home, every chance you get to, exactly. to hang around the homies and doing those kind of things. Like, like you said, in, in watering, watering the plants, sharpening your tools mm -hmm. to continue to, to, to grow and, and be the best. And you have to set markers. Oh, for sure. I think, you know, uh, people, we set goals and sometimes we'll meet those goals, but then we don't set other ones. You know what I mean? And it's okay to like, you know, you're not going to meet every single goal, but if you continue to set them and set them and set them, you're pushing yourself because really the, 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 you know, you have people you can measure yourself to, but you have to put in the work. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I would say this too, like, don't get me wrong. Like I used to go home and hang out with my yeah. boys and stuff like that. But for some reason, like, and I don't know if this is just me or not, but like, I used to have like, people call it like intuition or a gut feeling. Like sometimes you in certain situations, it's like, I can be, grinding somewhere. I can be out here doing this. Even when I first got to the league, like, you know what I'm saying? You go home, club nights and stuff like that with your boys and stuff. And then 
You know, I, it, I still remember this vividly. I was home in Atlanta, out one night, a couple of my boys out, and uh, I was just in the club, and I was just looking around. I'm like, bro, this joint really getting weak, like, buying bottles and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, and I just, that up my boys, like, yo, I'm finna clear it. And I don't think I've been out in Atlanta since then, but it was just a feeling where it was like, you know, God's put something bigger on me, mm-hmm. and like, the trajectory that I'm going, like, like, this is, you know what I'm saying, it's kind of small time a little bit. And I ain't necessarily saying there's nothing wrong with going out and hanging out and stuff like yeah. that. But just for me personally, just having that tunnel vision. I've always had tunnel vision, so it's like, just stay on that tunnel vision, you know what I'm saying? When you, I mean, listen, when, if you've, we've all heard the stories of athletes like yourself, but others, right? Where it's like, you got the dialed in focus has right. got to be there. When you talk about Floyd Mayweather, right? No drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, goes out, but literally doesn't drink. And right. always stayed at his fighting weight, was around 147, you know what I mean? Didn't blow up and gain 20 pounds in between fights. Even when he wasn't fighting, or there wasn't anybody on the calendar, so to speak. Right. It was like, I'm staying in shape every day. I'm gonna be in shape every day discipline. because I need, th- th- that's the discipline. Right. So what you're ultimately talking about is discipline, which is what we all need. Like. Without it, you know, things are, are out of balance. Right. You know what I'm saying? And when we, and when we, have, out of, when we have that, uh, when you're out of balance, you, you gotta spend a lot of time putting things back mm-hmm. in balance and that energy could be used to further, you know, throw gasoline on a fire that you've Absolutely. already created. So again, kudos to you, you know, for your focus, man. Like we don't, uh, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for our focus and our discipline, you know what I mean? Like, especially when you know you're you're tethered to something, like you're tethered to a different calling, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And um and and again, it takes it it takes un unmitigated focus. So again, kudos to you.